0: Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support the vision, you can buy me a coffee as a once-off or you can become a monthly subscriber through the website songwriter-trysts.com.
1: Now you do, and your life's forever different now. (laughs) 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 Always say this. Uh, I'm a singer-songwriter from Sydney, originally, born and raised. Uh, And then I kind of grew up loving music, so, you know. None of those moments where your parents try to open as many doors as possible when you're younger so you can get to
0: experience life before doors start closing Mm. as you grow up? I was the fourth of six children. There were no opportunities. I had to fight (laughs) for everyone. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But Um, I do – I have seen other children, like –
1: yeah, that's a normal thing. But like thing. you want to, you know, try out tennis to see if you like tennis or yeah. try out sport to see if that's your thing. It was yeah. never my thing. No, I no. always followed like the music path and yeah. so, you know, I joined choirs and then it went from school choir to the school band to leading the chapel in the school and then joining the Australian Girls Choir and, yeah, and nice. doing my own career. So it's been definitely a weird journey and now I'm in country music
0: and loving it. That's, that's like a big jump though from like Sydney music choir to country music. How did that yeah. that transition happen? Was country music a big influence in your life?
1: Yes and no. I think all music was a big influence in my life. I mean I grew up listening to AM radio rather than FM radio. But mm. if we ever went on drives, which my family loves driving, we'd always listen to Shania Twain and Faith yeah. Hill and Taylor yeah. Swift. And so country was definitely an influence there growing up, just a not female the female country too. I'm very passionate about female country. Me too. Surprisingly <laughs>
0: Naturally, I think being females in the industry and all of a sudden being aware of the inequality that has been present in the past and still kind of is, it's it's hard not to be passionate about it.
1: I'm kind of almost inspired by the power that's starting to rise up. Like despite mm. the disparity between male and female, like we have these really interesting stories that aren't mm. beer getting drunk in a truck with a dog, like there's so <laughs> many more stories to share mm. that I I constantly am inspired by and in awe of other
0: female country music artists. Yeah, it's been incredible and even just doing this, we've partnered with so many people, like there's sisters in music, there's women in music, there's crazy women of country, there's yeah. um, so many organisations and groups out there for women to – connect and support each other Mm. and I think that's the most important thing like we need to do that
1: oh my gosh yes but that's the best part about country music because it just starts to feel like a family Mm. like in any other genre it always would feel like a competition in some sort of way by Mm. having a performance another person missed out and Mm you know that inclusivity that country music brings is something that's almost addictive like mm. the moment I realised that it felt like a family and you know you can go up to anybody on the street at Tamworth Country Music Festival or any, yeah. really any country music festival and say g'day it feels like family or it feels like a mate yeah. um, which was just amazing to be a part of like a common it, ground it, instant yes. rapport yes, yes. Yeah. which is so different to any yeah. other genre A connection, like mm. something I've really loved about music growing up. At first, it started. You know, I'd met somebody called Daniella Meets Barlow in the Australian Girls Choir, and we became very good friends. And she passed away to type one diabetes, dead in bed syndrome, which is like, whoa, scary. what's scary? Um, basically. Type 1 diabetes, they can't control the sugar or the glucose levels Mm -hmm. and at a teenage level it can kind of go out of control and so she went into a hypo or hypo, it was so long ago, glycemic reaction Mm -hmm. uh, which basically means she fell into a coma and passed away before they were able to do anything about it and they found out the next day that there's actually alarms in America that can wake parents up or wake carers up Um, so it was preventable. And so, you know, I found out. From a Facebook feed that my one of my best friends had passed away, and like oh I couldn't man. deal with it, yeah. um, and so I I turned to the piano, and that's kind of when my solo career started, was because I I had no other way of describing what I was feeling, and when words fail, music speaks, mm. uh, and. You know, from that journey, for me, it was very therapeutic. I kind of turned to it when I didn't have anywhere else to turn or where I needed to let my soul speak and my heart, have a voice and, and kind of convey what I was trying to say properly. You don't know what to say when something like that happens. No. And at 15, like, how do you deal when somebody dies and, like, going to a funeral and... For somebody that was so young and admittedly Mm. she travelled the world and admittedly her family has done so much in diabetes since and Mm. has brought all of these alarms into Australia so nobody ever has to go through that again which is wonderful. Amazing. Um, But for me music started out very therapeutic and the more that I travelled from carnival and being a piano bar entertainer and the more that I got into country music, the more I realised that it was less about me and therapeutically Mm. – dealing with my emotions and it was more about actually connecting and the people that I met and the and – the, I can't call them fans because I talk to them way too much. So yeah. The are friends that friends, I interact yeah. with. Uh, and it was about sharing our kind of common ground and sharing these stories between us all. And that's kind of what I've started to love more about music than anything
0: else. It's a whole other level of healing. Like you spoke about music being a healing thing for you in isolation and not knowing what to do and who to talk to. Yeah. Once – And I think music is a a catalyst for the connection and once you can start sharing those and having those conversations and sharing that music with other people and you heal together and you understand all of a sudden that you're not the only one that deals with grief or loss or trauma or any of those things. It's a whole other intense level of healing and therapy that isn't probably well documented or researched as far as, you know, clinical research would approve but... They are doing it and it's, it's not like we need a piece of paper to tell us that being around other people and sharing is therapeutic. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as human race we've done it for our entire, like forever. Yeah. It's a big part of every culture yeah it's telling stories and that's that's
1: kind of like what drew me to music in the first place mm. you know being able to actually let somebody know that they're not alone mm. and let somebody know that you kind of have like gone through the trauma that they're going through and uh, that you've made it out the other side and you know it might seem dark right now and there's no light at the end of the, end of the tunnel mm. but there really is yeah which is beautiful in and a way it's
0: such an important job
1: yeah, and a way to connect over not just the disparity but the distinctions of inequality or racial discrimination or mm. any sort of discrimination, it transcends all languages and all barriers mm. and it's this powerful tool of connecting.
0: It's a real freedom of expression, isn't it? Yes. When we talk about freedom of speech and yet often freedom of speech, even though we don't technically have that in Australia, that's very much an Americanism, the freedom of expression is different because it's You can express yourself through art, any form of art, Mm. and it can be just an expression and doesn't need to um, be debated. Yeah. And I love that because I hate conflict. I'm I'm an avoider (laughs) of conflict. If you try to have a fight with me, I'll just walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very good with conflict, not unless it's something to do with my children or other children, any children actually, I'll probably
1: go in head first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll go in head first. But when it comes to politics or the way things should be, I'm just like, That's whatever you think is whatever you think and that's none of my business. You know, like that's because I just can't deal with conflict. Whereas music, I feel like I get to have my say and this is just the way I feel and I'm not going to debate with you. I'm just singing it how I feel it is at this given moment of time Mm. and then that's it. You don't have to debate with anyone. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Which is nice. And I mean the power
1: of music and releasing it, like the the power of sharing just a moment Mm. of just a piece of who you are and just a little bit of your soul is that soul can evolve. Mm. You know, when I was younger I used to say, you know, I I was in a, a relationship that thankfully I'm no longer in mm. and I was constantly questioning whether I was good enough mm. and, you know, looking back now, retrospectively, I, I just wish I could like shake my former self and be yeah, like, right? oh my yeah. goodness, <laughs> why are you even like making this a question? Yeah. But, you know, you you get to share that little bit of your life and that little mm. bit of your heart and it's kind of like almost this memory book of your life and mm. and your beliefs and, and your morals and your ideas of where you were yep. at the time. So,
0: you know. It was such a nice feeling though is because there's not one person I've spoken to on this podcast or in life, mind you, that has ever not gone and thought at some point that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's just a human thing that I think is a part of uh, a natural symptom of our environment yeah. and consumerism and like that is how they make us Definitely. buy stuff, right? Like buy this makeup because you're not good enough or buy Definitely. these clothes because you're not good enough. Like that's it's a subliminal thing. We all have it in our subconscious and it impacts relationships and everything. It impacts
1: everything. Like self-worth was such a big issue for me growing up and I didn't even realise, you know. And I almost just kind of want to make that, like you could make so many things a message Mm. and I just almost want to just walk up to everybody and be like, thank you for just being you because that is good enough. That is more than good enough. That
0: is amazing. You're exactly where you're meant to be at Mm. any given point, at any given time. Yeah. That's what I believe anyway.
1: And all the choices that you've made have led you up to this moment. Yeah. Yeah. 100% said <laughs> <like. laughs>
0: And now people are like, oh, they're preaching at us. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I want to know like because going from being in high school choir and stuff like that, mm. like a lot of kids do music, not a lot of kids go on to become singer-songwriters Neither or doesn't. actually have a job in the music industry or even study music. Like it, yeah. it, it is – I think it's a very brave choice, (laughs) only because it took so much, like every ounce of courage in my body to actually sing in front of anyone, let alone decide to tell people that I was going to be an artist. Like it's such a hard thing. How did that happen for you? What was that process?
1: Well, I honestly never thought about it actively. Like people grow up and they say, you know, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a police Mm. officer. I wanted to be a news reporter. I just loved talking in front of people or I wanted to be able to connect with people. Mm. Uh, And my parents always said, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up loving what I did. And, you know, every year they'd ask me what I wanted to do and I'd be like, I want to join the choir, I want to sing or I want to take singing lessons. And it was never uh, you know, I want to be a musician, I'm going to do this. Mm. Uh, I just, I just loved it. And I kind of just kept following what I loved to, into university where I did a bachelor of music and arts practice and management. Yep. So managing music basically. Nice. And, you know, it was all coincidence that I ended up becoming a piano bar entertainer when, you know, the friend of a friend on Facebook is interested in an event. Yep. Yeah. It happened to be an audition for Carnival and I'd found out the day before and I'd never auditioned for anything like that before and I said, well, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Let's it's just, just spare the moment, go and audition. And I got got the part and wow. went down that road. And that was when I became professional uh, and and got yeah. paid quite a lot for what I was doing. Mm. Um, and before then, you know, I'd, I'd started... Like everything that I was doing was accidentally leading me down to a career as a musician. I just never chosen to yep. do it. Like I was in a leadership program in year eleven and year twelve, mm-hmm. uh, where we had to create an event that benefited the community, where we saw a hole in the community and fill that hole. Mm-hmm. And so I'd been to open mics before, and I was joining the Australian Girls Choir, and I'd performed for Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah Winfrey and Barack wow. Obama and the Pope. And Wait, I, what? Yeah. It's a, it's a cool like pinch me moment. Like a lot of just like that's that was my life growing up. And so I was in year as 11. As you do. As you do, <laughs> as, as one would do. Yeah. Uh, and so I was in year 11 and year 12 and in my community there wasn't a lot of musical opportunities Mm. and so I decided to start an open mic and they ran successfully, I think I ran about four or five of them and then the mayor discovered it and the mayor contacted me and she asked me to become youth ambassador and when I was youth ambassador I started my own choir and then, you know, everything that I was just doing was keeping on leading me into music and I would just constantly find something music related mm. uh and you know then I was performing with my local RSL and just dragging my keyboard along with me wherever yeah. I go or my my wine bar at my local shops would just have uh local music nights and that was my first ever job
0: like wow. you know
1: I never had to work as bar staff or a cafe waiter I just could you never a waitress no oh. It's amazing. So it's a of passage right? on <laughs> I almost... <laughs> Hospitality job. <laughs> I didn't have to do that. Like I just kept following music and, and taking all music paths and so I kind of just... Mm. Like it was never an active awesome. choice or like a brave step for me. It was kind of just like, oh, look, I'm, I'm doing this. Oh, yeah. look, people people are really intri- intri- enjoying Someone's this and interested in this. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I should keep doing this and I wonder how long I can keep going for it. And I'm kind of still in that stage. It's mm. like I'm really enjoying writing music. I'm really enjoying travelling and connecting with people. I wonder how long I can keep doing this. Let's mm. just let's just go on this adventure and see how long this lasts and, and have fun
0: doing it. So what about um, going from singing and playing piano and being you and using it as therapy, what was it? Was it this? Was it the friend that passed away that was the first when you wrote a song yeah. like the power of songwriting? Yeah, actually,
1: that was that was the first ever song I kind of wrote that was well enough to to share with the world. <laughs> uh, and half an hour and tears rolling down a page, and it was mm. done. I was mm. ready to go, and you know, I ran into. Uh, and oxygen music studios which was holding an artist development program. I think now they're referred to as Red Dog Recording Studios. So before okay, I heard of them, yeah. Before they were that they were Oxygen Music and they offered me an artist development program where I kind of just got to to share my songs and, mm. and grow from there and kind of Really follow
0: songwriting So did they That artist development program Did they help you like Record and release music Yeah That's amazing
1: It was It was seriously I don't know how It fell into my lap But Mm. it was incredible I got to work with Some pretty talented Incredible uh, producers mm. uh, that had worked for like Adele or Delta Goodrum and I was like, cool, I'm in a studio and what does that button do and yeah, <laughs> what does yeah. this button do and yeah <laughs> took a lot longer than I think than they expected but it was well worth it because it meant that I could go into a recording studio and go, okay, well I want this much reverb and like not a lot of chorus please and I yeah. want this instrument and Okay. definitely a learning lesson.
0: Oh, and it's like I'm still learning that one. It's so hard to know what you want when you don't know to ask for yes like I'm like I don't know <laughs> what I want but I'll know it when I hear it <laughs> yes and when I hear it if it's a yes or a no and that that just takes time it does and a lot more experience
1: like the more that you're in the studio the more that you can not just work with the instruments that you've been given but also Mm. the producer. So I, it took me a long time to find Michael Carpenter uh, Mm -hmm. and the moment I met him something felt right energetically between us that I just felt really comfortable working with him and we became fast friends and before I knew it I would half say something and he would literally finish a sentence Mm. and so I would bring my mum in to take photos because you never get to take photos of behind the scenes so I always bring Mm. her in just to kind of capture that and... She would hear us and we'd walk out and we'd finish the day and she said, I have no idea what just happened. And I was like, What's wrong? She's like, You you didn't you didn't actually speak a full sentence for a good solid couple of hours. You both half spoke oh, and finished each other's sentences. That's weird. It was incredible. Yeah. Like I just I didn't believe it. And you know, it got to we were recording 30 songs. Like we've worked together now for about five or six songs. Uh, and it got to recording thirty last year. I'd, I'd written quite a lot of songs, and I said, "I just want to record them all." He randomly pointed out, "He's like, I know when you're when you're happy with something because you'll just lean back, and when you have a problem, you'll lean forward, but you won't say anything." Yeah, it's and i have kind reading of reading your body language. He's literally reading my body language. Wow! So we didn't even have to have a sentence; we could just flow with this music, um, which kind of added to the whole experience. Like doing thirty songs in a recording studio, you kind of have to do them very quickly, mm. and it's kind of took recording to a different level because normally you go in and you say, all right, we're going to sit here and we're going to really find the perfect guitar solo and we're going to sit on it for a good couple of hours. For this it was like, all right, we're coming in to do a song and three to four hours later it was completely done and so we were going with first takes of everything and so Mm. we knew we had to know exactly what it sounded like and really be in the flow of the song and mm. in the flow of the lyrics and where the lyrics wanted us to go as well as where the music wanted us to go. Wow. it's definitely an incredible experience. And it's
0: <laughs> nice to be able to get to a point where you feel like really comfortable with that and yes, it's beautiful to see as well. Ah, oh,
1: it, it felt like magic.
0: Yeah. It's like watching a professional athlete. Yes. You know, no <laughs> one's great with a tennis racket straight away, but... You ease into it and it just...
1: And just to watch that flow Mm. eventually and just to see that absolute rhythm and that to and fro and that almost like watching instruments dance or watching two people kind of work around and create this magic, Mm. I just think is amazing. Mm. very first song with Katrina Burgoyne cool. uh, and that was brilliant uh, and so we
0: I'm just had co-write. a chat with her Did you? Yeah Ah, oh, she's doing amazingly isn't she?
1: Yeah Gosh love that woman
0: I was just like I heard that oh, I just had a conversation with her like she's, last week
1: she's such a proficient co-writer and yeah, so okay. it was great to be able to step into that for the very first time with somebody that had done it so easily before and kind of took the The lead Yeah but mm. also kind of took the nerves out of it like it okay. wasn't you know Neither of us knew what we were doing. It was very much this is the structure of how it goes. So it was mm. kind of like going in with an experienced person made it a lot easier.
0: And that does help. Like, Certainly, it's I good would advice
1: recommend that to anybody. Go with yeah. somebody that has co-written before rather than has not. Mm. Uh,
0: Otherwise, you both. Like, it's like. It's like having sex for the first time or something like if you're both inexperienced it's going to be even more awkward whereas if like one person knows what they're doing they can kind of like lead the other person that's a weird analogy no but it's it's so kind of true. accurate right
1: when i was uh chatting on my zoom dates i would ask my friends you know yeah. what do you do when you're co-writing with somebody yeah like especially when it's over zoom because i haven't done it during COVID and I said you know it's like when you're first meeting a boy like Mm -hmm. in school and I'm like what do you talk about with a guy when you first meet a guy like what's the weather like today yeah what are Um, your
0: interests yeah and it's
1: literally just that it's just having a conversation which I've I've learned over time and and starting to Mm -hmm. learn a little bit more and I think the second time I've gotten to co-write was actually with my friends online my um, they call themselves their family group because friends are the family that you choose. Uh, and so my, I have a friend that I've never met called Joel all the way in Maryland in the States and I, he met seven years ago,
0: eight years wow. ago,
1: and he started this fan group, family group and has over 700 members, wow. which is
0: beyond. That's the, a big family.
1: That's a big family. <laughs> Uh, and I decided I wanted to write a song with them. So we wrote a song together over a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. And then other than that, it was at the Tamworth Songwriting Workshop, I think. Yeah. That's about the only times I've ever co-written. So yeah.
0: looking forward to doing it more actually. Yeah. So you've enjoyed it enough to want to keep doing it, but you're also quite proficient at being a solo <laughs> writer, obviously, but more being because you had to rather than choice. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, and again, I constantly found music therapeutic. So it was never that I needed to look to anybody else. It was kind of like, what am I trying to say? What is my heart feeling right now? Yeah. Um, and you know, those moments are at three a.m. in the morning yeah. when everybody else is asleep on a cruise ship, and I'm like, I can just walk in my PJs up to the piano bar. Nobody yeah. will mind me just <laughs> sitting there for a couple of hours writing a song. And yeah. so it just became, That's you know, nice. what my heart was trying to say, and, yeah. and allow it. This voice to speak and and now I have this opportunity to to connect with so many people and and have these really interesting conversations and write a song from
0: it or yeah you
1: know write about something that means a lot
0: to both of us yeah it's beautiful sense. and I'm I'm not a believer that it has to be one or the other like I'm mm-hmm. I was such a solo writer mm-hmm. and the same thing it was like a diary mm-hmm. um and just a way of getting stuff out and every song I've released so far have all been songs that were never written to be released they were just (laughs) written like in this room or in my bedroom wherever I was just on a bed trying to get out my emotions um and some of those songs were songs I just continued to sing for years and years and years to the point where I started publicly singing Mm. it was like well if these songs have helped me so much and I still love them five years after I've written it I'm probably going to love it if I release it, mm. you know, and still And continue. maybe somebody
1: else could actually love it just as much I right? feel something from that.
0: And maybe it'll heal them or cheer them up just as much as it's yes. healed me and cheered me up. So that was kind of one of those initial learning mo- moments of being a songwriter, yeah, What is the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, my biggest suggestion would be
1: do what you love because you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. That would be one of my biggest gear-shifting statements because – If it's hard, it will reflect that. I think, you know, everybody is a mirror Mm. and, you know, you're there to meet somebody or to learn something or to to see what you need to learn from them. Mm. Uh, And I think knowing that if you look at music and go, it's such hard work or this is more of a challenge than an opportunity, Mm. it will reflect in how you share that with everybody. So, yeah. you know, if you do what you love, it never feels like work. And, you know, the perspective and the mindset, Yeah, you know, mindset shifts everything. And so if you look at a crowd and you go, oh, my goodness, I hate this, you mm. know, they're almost going to feel that energetically. Will, yeah. But if, you know, you're just doing it because you absolutely love it, you can see the love mm. of somebody performing and you can feel the love in mm. the lyrics and you can feel the heart. Yeah. And so... My suggestion would be to do everything with
0: love. That would be one of my biggest gear-shifting statements. Okay. Tell me, because we talked a little bit earlier about um, you wanting to give your younger self some advice (laughs) and shake yourself. Yes. If you could go back in time and just tell yourself one thing, what would you say?
1: You know, people say I'm a really hard worker or people can see that I'm constantly travelling or doing what I'm loving I wish that I could have done everything I'm doing now sooner. So if I could tell myself one thing, I would tell myself the history of me (laughs) and be like, this is where it's going to end up. Mm. So potentially if you're aware of it, you (laughs) might do it sooner. (laughs) That would be great. Mm. Um, I... You know, there's this TV show called How I Met Your Mother and in one part, Ted Mosby, who's the protagonist, opens the door and he says, you know, I'm going to meet you in 45 days and I would just wish that I could have these extra 45 days with you. And it's that idea that, you know, he loses his wife, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, But it's that idea that if I'd just known that I could have loved music in such a different way... A mm. lot sooner. I would have loved it for a lot more. A lot sooner.
0: Maybe, yeah. Or it being is a, a beautiful bit more evolved. <laughs> I um, I think if I had been trying to do what I was doing now when I was younger, one, I'd be so scared. <laughs> <laughs> if you had have told me that I was doing this when I was older, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have coped with that knowledge. Like mm. I wouldn't have been able to deal with it because it would have made me so scared. That's true. And paralyzingly scared. So like, I think a part of me is everything that I did growing up to the point where I am now is like training. Like I needed to learn to trust or I needed to have faith or I needed to learn leadership skills or marketing skills or communication skills or whatever, like work ethic, you know, and stuff like, like And almost like
1: life experience. Yeah. Like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to write the songs that I've written if mm. I didn't actually go through the heartbreak or if I didn't go through the journeys or the adventures. Mm. So... You know, I wish I knew then what I know now but at the same time it's kind of like I can't wait to just watch along for the journey right. to, to watch my younger self. Like I wish I could put a fly <laughs> on the wall in some of those experiences to be like, what are you doing? Like Aww. grab the popcorn, let's watch this, like let's see how it ends because it ends really well and it's like this happily ever after. It hasn't and perfectly hasn't
0: <laughs> I know. You're on an amazing journey. We're just at the start. <laughs> I think um, Colin Lilly actually put it when in his podcast he said that He believes that everyone has their first life and their second life. Mm. And I kind of like I think about that statement often and I do really feel like I'm in a second life and that people who knew me in my first life and even me looking back at who I was in my first life, such a different person. But everything I went through then is what made me me now. Mm. And that's okay and that's where it's like it is just where you are at now and what you believe now is perfectly fine. And that may change, and that's also perfectly fine because we grow as human beings, and you just reach your next chapter. Yeah,
1: that's what I like to think. Yeah, it was like the end of one chapter and the start of a new one. Yeah,
0: I feel like I'm in the sequel. I feel like a whole (laughs) a whole book finished, and I'm rewriting another book. (laughs) My second way to look at it. (laughs) All right, Um, if you could co-write with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be, and
1: I've always been inspired and I've always admired Taylor Swift for her songwriting mm-hmm. skills and I think I would never pa- pass up an opportunity to be able to actually listen to how her brain works when she's writing a song and yeah. and kind of go with that flow with her. Uh, but seriously, like just list any female country music artist because the stories that they have to tell, Carly mm. Pearce, Kelsey Ballerini, Shania Twain, Faith Hill, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton <laughs> You know, that would be absolutely incredible. June Carter, like, you know, all the way to Fanny Lumsden and Amber Lawrence and Catherine Britt. You know, I actually got to sit down at the Academy Mm -hmm. and Catherine Britt was my mentor and we got to just sit in a really casual setting and just listen to her, tell her stories and then play us one of her songs that she hadn't released yet and... Gosh, you brought tears to my eyes. I would have loved to sit down and write a song with her. And, mm. you know, Lynn Botell, mm. such a prolific songwriter. And, and to sit down at a, a songwriting workshop and kind of go through that process and hear the way that her brain thinks about different words, you know, it's completely different format or a different structure. And yeah. just to list any female country music artist and that would be why. I love working with females. I love empowering females. Um, and it's not that I have anything against guys. I just really like females.
0: Yeah, I mean guys have dominated for such a long time and it's it's beautiful to see women grabbing their power and not only being who they are but then showing other women that they can be that. Yeah. How great is it? I'm sure you've had this where you've performed somewhere and it's been family friendly and there's a girl that's come up to you and been amazed at you singing. Have you had that moment?
1: Um. I mean constantly. I've made so many friends that have connected on such a heart-to-heart level with the songs that I've had to say or, you know, I've been really fortunate and had a lot of pinch me moments in a cruise ship where I've gotten to share my story of – and one of my songs more was actually written because, you know, I was told I wasn't allowed to kiss the guy I was dating because I was wearing lipstick or, you know, he'd pull it pudge and he'd go, this would be gone soon Um, or he'd watch me eat or, you know – he didn't like my music or he didn't, you know, nothing I did was good enough. I didn't earn enough money. I didn't wasn't independent enough while I was halfway around the world. And there were so many things that I stayed and I didn't realise. Mm. And, you know, being able to share that story retrospectively, you know, yeah. I bring people to tears. Um, and, and the reason I bring them to tears and the reason I kind of almost want to work with females first before I co-write with men is that it's such a relatable topic. Mm. And nearly every woman has gone through that moment of especially being treated by a guy mm. but they're not good enough or they're not worthy enough or they're being judged. <laughs> so I'll co-write with women first, and then we'll get to the men. <laughs> then it would be like
0: Keith Ebb, and he'd be at like the top of my
1: male list. <laughs> okay. So once we get to Keith,
0: it's once you've written with everyone. Yeah, like every all the, all the single woman. Just.
1: And you know, I don't even need to co-write with them. I just like to have a cup of tea with them and mm. hear their stories, like on a on a chat level yeah. and then be like, now can I write a song with you? Like yeah. I want the chat first
0: and the tea first and yeah. then the song. Well, that's where this sort of came from is like write with songwriters talk with songwriters before mm. choosing to co-write with people because it's like the best – this is the conversation I would have with someone before writing a song with them because mm. you get to know what's important and why, just yeah. why. And that's, that's where the truth and the great songs come from. Yeah, you know, I reckon. Anyway, And it's the. I the, can't talk. I haven't had any great songs yet.
1: <laughs> well, come I mean, on. I mean, I think agree. But we'll get. There. I've been chatting to a lot of people and happened to name drop you because I because we no. just we just had dinner yeah. recently. That was nice. Uh, that, was the lovely. night before
0: your launch of your s- new the song. The night before which was my like, launch of cool, my new, new
1: song, uh, and you know, I happened to to tell some people that I'd had dinner with you, and you know, they've they've talked you up so much just from oh. like Great Keppel Island. Um, and the Keppel Festival, the country on Keppel, yeah. or you know, down in Tamworth, you know. Oh, that's sweet.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: Definitely, wouldn't say you don't have great songs. Okay. <laughs> I know that was a lot of negatives in one sentence. Yeah, probably but it was.
0: I'm self-hating. Like, I'm lot. my own worst critic, but it, that's um, that's part. Of, that's that's a bit of my first life cre- creeping in. There.
1: <laughs> See, that's really interesting. When I first started writing songs, I wouldn't be able to like re-listen to them I'd write them and I'd feel really in that moment and I'd get over that moment or I'd reach the next chapter of my life and I'm like I can't almost listen to these songs anymore because it's so not me and I almost feel pathetic thinking about it but I look Mm. back on like these songs that I've written now and I'm just like wow like they're really good songs. Like I I released a song called Cheers Joel, and I just released a song yeah. called Dose of You yeah. and so I have a playlist on Spotify where it's just the two of those songs oh. and I have I drove from Brisbane to Bundaberg, that's four hours, and I listen to them on repeat and I still have not yet gotten bored of them. That's awesome. And like it's my just one playlist and I just repeat them. And so, you know, when you find who you are and, and the more mm. songs that you write, you start to fall in love with your songs and – Just can't help but listen to them on repeat and then want everybody else to hear them and
0: Mm. and love them as much as you do, which
1: I'm very grateful because I have a lot of people that like them as much
0: as I do. (laughs) Yes, you do. And that's really good. And I think, yeah, it is a process going from like, uh, for me it was filtering through what is the songs that are just for me and what are the songs that I can perform publicly and they're different. Like, because... I've I, my songs were definitely trauma healing songs mm. and some of them are very explicit that I've never shared or I've oh. gone to an open mic and I, I will have my book and I'd sing through, I did like six months at least of five, six nights a week of open mics and I would filter through these songs and some of them I could feel my whole body just flush with I can't sing this or like I would sing it but as I was singing it I could tell like it was too raw for me to sing that in public like oh like I just don't think I can do it and and part of me as well is like does that is that putting good vibes into the world
1: I would depending on the song Mm. I used to cry when I sung more Mm. um my song about feeling not good enough and Mm I it used to make me so upset and surprisingly I actually wrote it while I was in the relationship with him yeah um your body knew it my body ha- knew what it wanted to say before I yeah. realized what it was actually saying. So uh, but it it used to make it used to bring tears to my eyes every mm. single time, uh, and it was such a vulnerable state. And it's a song where you just let your walls down mm. and you really ask yourself, "Am I good enough? Am yeah. I worth more than what he's saying and what is and then his opinions?" Um, and so I would wear, you know, those songs that yeah. that touch your heart and touch your soul and bring tears to your eyes. They're the songs that people are going to need to hear. So I didn't even want to release Dose of You. In fact, I wrote that and just went, you know, I was going through a stage of COVID, I didn't want to be bored and so I would write songs and, you know, didn't want to date and didn't need to date and didn't really care to date yeah. and so I would constantly turn to the piano or turn to the guitar nice. and so I would show my parents once I'm done and I'm kind of like look at this song okay see you later <laughs> and they were like no this is a really good song and I'm like mm. no 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 this is just this is the song before the song <laughs> uh, and they kind of convinced me along with my producer Michael Carpenter and they're like you need to release this song and so yeah. sometimes it's the songs that you don't want to release and the songs that are the hardest yeah. to kind of Bear your soul because you know it's letting down your walls. And again, I haven't heard all your songs and, Mm. you know, for me more was really traumatising and it's Mm. still traumatically healing and, you know, still I'm constantly questioning whether what I'm doing is good enough, whether, you know, I'm looking out there and people are judging me in a negative way because that's not my purpose. Yeah.
0: What do you have coming up? You've recorded all these songs and you've just had Dose of You come yeah. out, which is amazing. Thank you. I'm going to put that in the description of the podcast so everyone can go listen to Definitely, it. Definitely, please. And everything else. <laughs> so what what else is coming up?
1: Uh, Well, I I recorded 30 songs, so I don't want to wait five years when I've become a different person and reached it the next chapter of my life, so release as many songs as I possibly can. So are you going to do it like a big album
0: release oh. or are you going to just do single, 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 single?
1: So the next thing I w- I'm will i releasing is a single. Okay. And that'll be coming out relatively soon. <laughs> really?
0: Yes. Like how soon? Ooh. Like is there no numbers, no dates?
1: Oh, all the dates are set. Okay. So just got to like slowly do it. Uh, there's so <laughs> many songs that one of the projects that I'm releasing is an album and another project yeah. is something that I haven't really seen an artist do before mm-hmm. uh, but it's just for the people that want – music and want to connect with me mm. um and so there's like a good solid 20 21 songs or a lot wow. of songs just just for the people that want them so doing okay. different so sort of project put them
0: like online available for everyone they have to be like Purchased or something? Or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind okay. of working out the details, but oh, it's very right. top secret at the
0: moment. Well, My if you're going to want to know, how do people follow you and kind of become a part of your friends and family yeah, online? please do. Music?
1: All of the socials that people have, I have so like Facebook and the Instagram and mm-hmm. the Twitter and the YouTube. My mm-hmm. name's Cassidy Ray. It's like Rayleigh, but we're Cassidy <laughs> beforehand. <laughs>
0: so we'll put all the links on the description of the podcast and there will be a Thank blog you. on songwriterist.com with Yay. all the features of this podcast and
1: everything we talked about
0: and all of your links <laughs> and transcript. Um, yeah. And, yeah, people can follow you. Yeah. And,
1: and if they go to my website, they can get a free song that I wrote <gasps> dedicated to the people that want it. Literally. Awesome. Yeah, because I, I started. Know about that. Yeah, well, I started learning guitar during COVID, yeah. and I would go on my live sessions, my Sunday sit down, which yep. anybody is welcome to join. It's yep. like having a couple with me on a Sunday morning. It's great. I've been
0: in a couple of those. Yes, you I've have.
1: Uh, and literally, I said, "I'm going to start learning guitar. I'm a pianist by trade, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll learn guitar and I'll show you how hard it is to learn <laughs> this instrument. And so I will fail through it's this so hard. Uh, I started and, on
0: piano too, and yeah. moving from piano to guitar. It's like, why would people go through so much pain on their fingers <laughs> to do this? But my
1: fingers looked so pretty. <laughs> I know they are no longer
0: pretty. You can't have long nails anymore. No, it's you can't. Fair. And there's
1: just like blisters Dolly all the Palmer time. Does it though? Have
0: you seen her play with her long acrylic nails? I'm very impressed that she does it. I don't it, to be know honest. if it's real. Like it's honestly, it's... it is
1: serious <laughs> skill. Um, but I was so and There was so much love. Like I just strum a chord. I'm like, that's not the chord. And they are like, good job though. You're like, you're doing it. Like you keep going. I'm like, thank Thank you. Like there's there's support there. So I ended up saying, you know, it got to the point where it was Saturdays and Sundays I go live and I said, honestly, there's no better place that I'd rather be right now than just spending some time with you. And I wrote a song called No Better Place. And so it's completely free. It's dedicated to anybody who wants it. And you just go onto my website, which is www.cassidy-ray.com. Nice.
0: Awesome. We have like the same email website as well. It's like, Ray Lee. Ray with a hyphen. Yeah. Hyphen. <laughs> hyphen. Those hyphens are different. great. Cool. Is yeah. there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? Thank you
1: so much for having me. I've been loving listening to trists for, for quite a while now and I've oh. been getting a little addicted. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of another pinch me moment. I get to well, add to my in the list bedroom. to be a part of it.
0: Not, not everyone gets to be on I'm, the couch. I'm very comfortable on this couch. Good. It's quite nice. I like it. I always wanted one of those catchy things in my bedroom. The Chase Lounge? Yeah. like mm. I don't know what you call them. Is it? That's – I don't know what you call it. See, I I
1: looked for a chair like this in my room back at home and so it has like these cushiony button things in it. I ended up buying a – I call it my grandma chair because I think it looks like a grandma chair. It's very comfortable though. Mm. It's a place I now write all of my songs. You Mm. can't help it when you're in a comfortable position to just kind of – when everything else is no longer a distraction – All you can do is focus on the music and that's wonderful.
0: I call it my therapy chair. I write a lot of songs in that chair too.
1: That's a good – I like this. Thank you for letting me on your therapy chair. No, that's good. And hopefully people (laughs) subscribe and check out all of your other channels and and love your music as much as I'm really
0: enjoying it. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. We're done. Cheers. Thanks for joining our songwriter Tris today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com.